While the Swift-Kelsey romance still attracts huge attention, we bring you the big divorce. Is Kansas City, Kansas and Wyanot County about to undergo an epic split 25 years after the two governments merged? If the unified government had been working as promised, I personally don't believe we would have inherited a billion dollars worth of debt. Also this week, dreams no longer. Are you about to have the chance to take high-speed rail to KCI and yes, a streetcar to Chief's Kingdom? Independence ringing the alarm bells, a new city report says they'll lose millions if the Royals ditch Kaufman Stadium. And the wife of the ex-cop convicted of killing a black man, now begging the governor to pardon her husband. Those stories and the rest of the week's news straight ahead. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. Co-Trustees, The Restaurant at 1900, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello, I'm Nick Haynes, and it is great to be back with you on the Week in Review table as we lift up the hood on the Metro's most impactful, confusing, and befuddling local news stories, rolling up their sleeves to dissect the headlines. From KCUR News, Lisa Rodriguez, former Kansas City Star reporter and editorial writer Dave Helling, KMBC9 political analyst Michael Mahoney, and at the helm of our Metro's newest newspaper, Next Page KC, Eric Wesson. Now, while the blossoming romance between Chiefs player Travis Kelsey and singer Taylor Swift continues to consume lots of local news attention, we want to discuss the big divorce. If there wasn't already enough political division in the news, is Kansas City, Kansas and Wyandotte County about to undergo an epic political split? For those who've been around a while, it was considered a miracle back in 2007 when voters in Wyandotte County and Kansas City, Kansas took the unprecedented step of combining their two governments into one. In fact, it was such a big deal it attracted national news attention and we even did a documentary about it. I think we felt hope for the first time in a long time. All of a sudden, the whole metro and the whole state, I believe, looked at us differently. The perception of Wyandotte County changed overnight. Wyandotte County stopped dying and began growing again. We've now become a destination. Um, who would have thought 10 years ago that Kansas City, Kansas and Wyandotte County would be a destination attracting over 10 million visitors a year. Okay, stop the presses and the cheesy music. There's now talk of breaking up the mayor of the unified government, Tyrone Garner, says consolidation has failed to deliver on its promises. The government, he says, is a billion dollars in debt and could be forced to declare bankruptcy by 2026. If the unified government had been working as promised, I personally don't believe we would have inherited a billion dollars worth of debt. Many have told me they struggled to see how forming the UG in 1997 by way of consolidation has positively measured up to the promises made for consolidation in the first place. So what in the mayor's judgment has gone so terribly wrong? I mean, he's, Mayor Garner's alleging decades of, uh, of poor spending, of mismanagement of government finances, uh, decades of rising taxes, uh, like he said, a, mil a billion dollars worth of debt. And he even went so far as to say that by 2026 that the, that the unified government would be bankrupt. And so these are pretty serious allegations that I think actually it's, it's our job here to, to see how those actually flesh out. Um, but certainly... A, 
possibility of splitting up the unified government would be a really drastic measure. And at this point, we don't know that that's going to fix these problems that exist. In we Wyatt. were always told, though, this was an absolute miracle that this was happening. We could pat ourselves on the back for doing something extraordinary with unifi unification of government in Wyatt County. In fact, I remember Carol Marinovich going around the country, cities all over America were interested in following this model. Right. Uh, the They've got some uh, some some problems here, uh, not the least of which is that uh, the, the cities of Edwardsville and Bonner Springs feel like they've been neglected uh, by the unified government, where they uh, where the government focuses all their attention on Wyandotte County and KCK. But as Lisa uh, point, points out, uh, there needs to be some uh, some digging here and some uh, some serious looks at uh, the financial shape shape of this. There's going to be a lot of pushback on uh, going back to uh, a. a old KCK, old Wyandotte County style government simply because there are folks that are still around that remember that was machine politics at its best. Okay, but so Tyrell Garner said, yes, it was all about beating the machine. That's why they changed the form of government. And he says, boy, we've replaced it with an even bigger machine today. Yeah, and bigger machines, more headaches. And uh, one of the things that still comes up when you, when you talk to people that are in Wyandotte County in Kansas City, Kansas, is what real progress has been made. You You've got the legends and you've got all of the glitz and glamour of the things that are taking place on that side of Kansas, but when you get into the Wyandotte County or the urban core of Kansas City, Kansas, it's like they're still struggling to get grocery stores and the basic necessities. So they're saying that it can't be any worse. If money is the back. big problem though, Dave, how possibly could it be that breaking up again, having two governments is going to somehow save you money? Well, it certainly won't address the billion dollar debt pro uh, problem if it exists, but you can't simply wipe out municipal debt by changing your governance structure. Um, taxes have always been an issue in Kansas City, Kansas and Wyandotte County. They were before consolidation. They are still an issue after consolidation. There is genuine concern that the wealth and progress in the western part of the county has not translated into the kind of improvements in the eastern part of uh, Wyandotte County that people would like to see. And the, the other thing to keep in mind, Nick, is voters would need to approve this, of course, but in addition, the, the untangling of Wyandotte County and Kansas City, Kansas, contractually and physically and, and you know, repainting the cars, all that other stuff, is very complicated. Putting them together was complicated. It took about a year before everyone was uh, was uh, satisfied and the unified government sh uh, could go forward. And Ty Garner, the mayor, might have to run for re-election if there is a dissolution under but certain But it could parameters. take so long, though. He could be out of office by the time right. that takes place. Right. Potentially, and 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 he is—he's the third mayor of of of, the, of KCK that we've had in in a certain number of years. We were on the third of single-term mayors. We had Mayor Holland, uh, Mayor Alvey, Mayor Garner, and so it is when we talk about stability and being able to fix some of that stuff. I think it is very hard for an official to fix uh, long-standing problems like this in a single term in office. It, it is, however, easy for a politician to blame the format of government right. for what are, in essence, political decisions that have been made over years and decades, and I think that may be at play here as well.
Now, they may not be facing bankruptcy like Wyandotte County, but City of Independence leaders ringing the alarm bells this week over plans by the Royals to build a new ballpark. A new city study finds Independence will lose more than $7 million a year if they move. The economic study finds 11% of spectators at the K spend money in Independence during home games. Half stop at a bar or restaurant. One in four stay overnight in an Independence motel or hotel. When the Royals move, they say, the spending of 200,000 people will be lost to independence each year. Now, we haven't had a reporter panel for a few weeks on Week in Review. Are we any closer to a decision this week? Nick, your, your audience should know that it's about 90 days, give or take, is the deadline for putting something on the April ballot of next year. It has to be done by the end of January. No political business gets done in December. Typically, I mean, it's very difficult. People are coming and going. So they really need to pick up the pace in November and January if they're going to put something on the ballot in either Clay County or Jackson County or Kansas City, Missouri. One quick note, Independence is right and Eastern Jackson County really likes the stadiums where they are. They have, it's easy to get to and they prefer it there. It gets back to the little mom and pop stores that you have there on 40 Highway that, you know, Dixon's Chili. You, those kind of places. That, Which we just it, saw some video from yeah, there. Right, yeah. exactly. When the Royals play and the Chiefs play, you can't even hardly get into the store on 40 Highway and all the other little businesses. So it would have an economic impact in that area. I think it might be a little bit more than $7 million, but what do I know? While finding a new House Speaker has frozen work in Congress for the better part of three weeks, the Biden administration has been finding an awful lot of spare change in the back of the sofa to help fund a lot of big projects in Kansas City. This week, Mayor Lucas announced a new partnership with the U.S. Transportation Department that will help the city check off a number of big ticket items on City Hall's wish list. That includes a high-speed rail link from KCI to downtown. Can you picture yourself taking a train from the new terminal to Union Station or your downtown hotel. Apparently, it's no longer just a dream. Neither, apparently, is a new east-west streetcar line that would connect KU Hospital to the sports stadiums. That's back on the front burner. These are huge projects. A new rail line to the airport, Lisa, is expected to cost more than $10 billion alone. Is that all going to be picked up by the federal government? I think any time you have a sweeping announcement that says this is going to solve all of our transportation infrastructure problems in the city, there's a, there's a lot of questions that need to be explored. So I do have more questions about exactly how this funding works, exactly how much of it is guaranteed to Kansas City. But the idea, at least the city officials presented, is that they, they put together a package of $15 billion worth of projects because that's what, that's what the federal government wanted to see, and that this partnership would essentially put Kansas City closer to the front of the line to get federal funding for those projects. So it is a wish list here. I want to see more details about how it works. You know, will there be a local funding match required or an ongoing source of funding that Kansas City has to come up with. But but certainly it's, it's exciting and I, I have a lot of questions that I yeah. want answers But to. we were told this was like a really special deal though, Michael. Only Austin, Texas ha is in front of Kansas City. We are very special here and we're going to get green-lighted for all of these billions of dollars of major transportation projects. We'll see. Uh, um I've got the same uh, sort of questions that uh, Lisa ha has on this, and the fact that I mean, if you take a look, a look at this, the the uh, ideas of uh, reconnecting uh, neighborhoods uh, that have been uh, separated or isolated by the interstates, 
is that's three billion dollars. We're already talking about the ten, uh, 10 billion uh, for uh, a rail uh, line out, out to the airport, uh, the line that would go from KU out to Truman Sports Complex. Well, that's going to be, I think, predicated a lot on what happens with the stadium. So I don't think that's in, in anything. Uh, and they're saying that at the, same, at the same time that, um, that, that there's talk that it, the the rail car, the streetcar to the Casey Caron Stadium uh, is going to cost so much money they don't right. have the money for it. It's going to cost $12 million more than they have, and yet they feel right. they can this, do this. This is not a $15 billion check to Kansas City by, by, by no means. It is, as Lisa called it, a wish list. Um, It'd be really interesting to see how far the discussions of taking two-thirds of that money and, and putting it towards a rail line to, to the airport go. And, you know, one of the things I thought about the rail line was will we see it in our lifetimes because they're going from the uh, downtown to 55th and it's taken like, seems like forever, especially going out Maine. But one of the things that I found really interesting in it is connecting the neighborhoods and what that would look like. Uh, a lot of talk has been resurfacing about 71 Bruce Watkins Drive going through the city and separating east of Bruce Watkins to west of Bruce Watkins. But there are streets that go in between there that connects them. So what are they talking about connecting the neighborhoods together? Housing? Are we going to talk about building more housing in that area? Because if you look at that area in there, most of the houses in there are apartments, so rental properties. People aren't buying properties there. So how will connecting those neighborhoods and enhance people moving into those areas? They're not talking about taking the street lights from the Bruce Watkins 71 highway. <laughs> no. <laughs> Those lights work sometimes, sometimes they don't. And I know it was an issue with them several weeks, several months ago about the color of the lights being real dim. And they were saying that that was what was uh, causing homicides in that area as well. So I don't know. Let's hope nobody calls Clay Chastain and tells him $10 billion is available for light rail from downtown to the airport because uh, the press releases will fly. And anyone who thinks you could do it for $10 billion over the next 20 years is probably being very, very optimistic. The costs are going to be astronomical. You have to acquire right of way. You have to do engineering. You have to buy the rolling stock. You have to have some mechanism for paying for ongoing maintenance and use, refurbishment. Look at the metro in Washington, D.C. They're perpetually broke. The subway in New York City is, has been out of money and has needed money from the state to just stay afloat. So it's extraordinarily complicated and may take some time before it comes to fruition if it happens And we all. do know, though, that the uh, streetcar down to UMKC and the plaza will be open in yes. 2025, we're told, and the Casey Current streetcar that will take it uh, right to that stadium. It will be in 2026 now. Speaking of Casey Current, uh, there was a lot of big news there for the Kansas City women's professional soccer team this week. The franchise has announced it's hired the former coach of the U.S. Women's World Cup team to be head coach here. And the team has snagged a naming rights deal for its 11,500-seat stadium going up on the Kansas City Riverfront. It will be called C.P. Casey Stadium, the short form for the newly named Canadian Pacific Kansas City Railway Line. Now, CPKC Stadium doesn't sort of roll off the tongue, does it, Eric? But neither does GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. No, I always Arrowhead or the stadiums. I don't go into the GEHA, but it's a good concept. I'm glad they got somebody to buy into those rights, but it'll be kind of like people still call 
uh, Sprint Arena, Sprint Arena instead of T-Mobile Arena. So how long does the branding last? And we're also going to have to be uh, thinking about a new name for the new Royals ballpark because they've said Kaufman is not going to be on right, that they're name. They're going to sell the naming yeah. rights as part of the financing. We need to keep an eye, though, I think, on the KC Current because women's sports, particularly women's soccer, is exploding across the country. And it's led in some ways by KC Current, their own standalone stadium. The WNBA, which was always an afterthought, has become extraordinarily popular across the country. Volleyball, other things, women's sports. Uh, if Kansas City would be well advised, because I think everybody's talked about an NBA franchise for the arena or maybe a hockey franchise, a WNBA franchise, a women's basketball franchise might make some sense there. Keep an eye on women's sports in Kansas City. Now, just days after a Missouri court denied his appeal, the wife of convicted Kansas City police officer Eric DeValconeer is now asking for the governor to pardon her husband. DeValconeer is the first Kansas City police officer to be sentenced for killing a black man. He was finally transferred this week to a Missouri prison. Please just keep calling. He does not deserve to spend one more night in jail. We are getting ready to celebrate our 23rd wedding anniversary here in, you know, it's coming up really quick and he deserves to be home with me and he deserves to be home with our kids. Now, anyone can ask for a pardon from the governor. Any evidence, Michael, Governor Mike Parson is taking the request seriously? Uh, from the outside looking in, I would say yes. There is a, there's a couple of uh, things involved in it. Number one is just uh, uh, Mike Parson's uh, general outlook on government, his outlook on law enforcement, and uh, the fact that he's a former sheriff. Uh, I think uh, he'll take a serious, serious look at uh, a clemency request. You know, it was kind of offensive for her to say that he deserved to be home with her and her kids. Uh, Cameron Lamb deserved to be home as well. He was at home. His kids have the same right to have him around and I have to go out to 12 Gates Memorial Gardens to visit his grave. And it's still being appealed now to the Missouri Supreme Court. It is still being appealed to the Missouri Supreme Court. And Governor Parson has said he would wait until the legal process plays out until he decides either way on a pardon. The legal process is playing out. I do think that that Mike that Michael's right that there's reason to consider that he's to think that he is going to consider a pardon. And he said this week that his office received hundreds of calls asking for one as well. So that would add to that. But I also think Eric uh, is is right as well that the reaction in Kansas City would be swift. It would be powerful. Uh, I think we would see Kansas Cityans taking to the streets in protest uh, of this decision, and that there would be a moment of real civil unrest in Kansas City that would like get national headlines. Just two things quickly. It'll be interesting to see if this public pressure campaign on the governor actually has any effect or if it backfires. You know, it raises it to such a level that maybe the governor feels like it would be wrong to intervene because so many people are paying attention rather than sort of a quiet discussion. Uh, if people come to believe that justice is based on how much pressure you can put on an elected official, then our justice system is in real trouble. The other thing to keep an eye on, Nick, is the governor has commutation power as well. He might decide not to pardon Eric de Balconer, but commute his sentence or reduce it, uh, maybe to time served or maybe to a, a shorter term. That might get past some of the objections that a pardon would carry, because a pardon would in essence say, you did wrong and now you're no longer considered a criminal, whereas a commutation says, look, the conviction is still in place, we're just going to shorten your sentence. 
We'll he see. Would, he would have the mandatory three years for the armed criminal action. I don't think that there's a, a way that you get around that under Missouri law. He would also have the option to go through the federal court system. But I don't see, you know, the Court of Appeals pretty much buttoned it up. They, it, whatever argument that he had, they knocked in the head because there was one key thing that they said throughout it. If they, if he wasn't on the property in the first place, none of this would have happened. The other quick thing is, you're right, he has a federal option, but the feds also have an option to charge him criminally with uh, civil rights violations. Absolutely. And so there's jeopardy in all directions involved in this case. And if he goes down that street, that'll be a very uh, winding road. Now, we've heard a lot in the last several months about giving our young people something to do so they're not causing problems on the plaza or at other attractions, including Worlds of Fun, where we've seen some disruption. This week, the Kansas City Parks Board gave an initial approval to a new $39 million youth entertainment district along Brush Creek. It's just something to keep them out of the streets from going to seeing all the fast money and giving them an opportunity to actually be out here and be active. Just imagine if these kids had something else to do. Kansas City Parks and Recreation Department's Review Committee just gave approval for Clark and others to move forward with plans for an entertainment center with a bowling alley, pool, zip line, skate park, and amphitheater. The city owns the land and mentions there are locations specific needs to address. Part of the area is in a floodplain. I got 39 million, you just can't see it yet. <laughs> all righty, a, a bowling alley, a pool, a zip line, skate park, amphitheater. Where does all that money come from, Eric? I don't know. Pat said he got $39 million. You just don't see it. I don't know <laughs> where, where he would get it from, but he might have private investors. The new people that are buying the plaza, they might say, hey, if we get this to go, maybe that'll keep some of the kids off the plaza. Here's $10 million to help get that project going. But it, uh, it would be interesting to see. It's always talked about, of course, that we need to do something like this. That it never quite happens. Is this the solution? I, I, think, I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's an exciting idea. And the city is in talks about how to make Brush Creek itself more of an attraction rather than an eyesore, which it becomes once you get a, you know, too far east of the plaza. So I do think the city would have interest in this. I do think it's an innovative idea. It's something after years of saying we need something. So it would be exciting, but I think the biggest issue is money. Well, and the other issue is whether kids would go and, right. and, and whether it would justify the investment. Because I do think there's a, an impetus to find some alternative for the kids, but it's a very organic thing. You know, kids don't show up at the plaza uh, just because it's the plaza. It's a place to see and be seen. And whether an entertainment center would provide that option is it, it, not clear. Well, no, it's just to uh, uh, Dave's point, point there, it's got to be some place that kids feel is cool for them, some place that they want to be. And if they don't have the attractions that draw them there, then $39 million plus the bowling alley and everything else that uh, will just not happen. In a movie theater. There's yeah, a, yeah right. one in the urban core. Uh, they used to go to the movie theater on the plaza yeah. and they said, well, that's why they go and hang out. So they shut that one down. So now they have to go out to Independence or Ward Parkway. And that's not a good look most of the time either. So it probably would have a movie theater in there as well. Now, when you put a program like this together every week, you can't get to every story grabbing the headlines. What was the big local story we missed? Early in-person voting begins on both sides of state line ahead of the November 7th local elections. Events 6,000 miles away causing anxiety in the metro, KU issues warnings to its exchange students overseas. 
an area synagogues and the Jewish community center stepping up security. Kansas City turns pink, and here's a blast from the past. John Boy Walton in town, playing the leading role in To Kill a Mockingbird at the Music Hall. And Union Station's latest blockbuster is literally made of blocks. Brictionary, the ultimate Lego A to Z opening this weekend. Pink slips go out at Park University as enrollment declines more than 30% since the start of the pandemic. Fill your prescriptions now. Local pharmacists at CVS and Walgreens expected to walk off the job again starting Monday. And the Chiefs take the field one last time before flying to Europe for their first regular season game in Frankfurt, Germany, next week. Now, some might even say this week, forget about the Chiefs. What about Sporting Kansas City becoming the first team in Major League Soccer history to lose its first 10 games and still go on to make the playoffs? Alrighty, lots of excitement at Children's Mercy Park. Did you pick one of those stories or something completely different, Lisa? The Johnson County Health Department this week confirmed four additional cases of tuberculosis. And uh, that's this is after mass testing in the Olathe School District after one active case was detected. It's just, it seems small and there's further testing needed to see if these are active cases, but tuberculosis is not something that we really should be dealing with right now. And that is a huge headache for the school district. Hundreds of people need to be tested, hundreds that haven't been tested yet. And so I, it's interesting to follow and, and uh, I think a warning to parents. Eric. I said something completely different. KCATA has a election coming up here shortly and there's been uh, whispers in the black community about the governor, I mean the mayor and City Hall not being more involved in it. They say the mayor's sitting on a million dollars in a federal campaign war chest. Why isn't he helping raise money for this? And KCATA and the bus system has a significant impact on people in the third and fifth district, which are primarily black people, and why he's not supporting getting all that tax okay, pass. We, we will dissect that next week ahead of the election along with the other ballot questions on both sides of state line. Michael Mahoney. The brouhaha going on down in Jefferson City with the uh, uh, Missouri House Speaker, uh, Dean Plocker. He's accused basically of double dipping, uh, charging the state uh, for some travel expen expenses and uh, that... Uh, should have, uh, that should have come out of his campaign uh, account, and there are now some uh, calls for him to resign. Keep an eye on it. Dave. Our old friend, Mark Alford, now a congressman, used to sit right there. Absolutely, he <laughs> Periodically on this uh, program. On a, has uh, <laughs> announced his uh, candidacy for the vice chairmanship of the Republican Conference in the House. He's been in the House for about a year. Uh, so his... Uh, his uh, 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 political aggression in terms of his career is very evident. He says he deserves the spot because of his long broadcasting career, and he can bring those talents, he says, to the Republican Party. And on that, we will say our week has been reviewed. Thanks to KCY's Lisa Rodriguez and Channel 9's Michael Mahoney from Next Page KC, Eric Wesson, and former star news hound Dave Helling. And I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.